The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. It's 2024 and we're back from our winter break, ready to go again in what we hope will be another brilliant year for West Cork Sport. I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Kieran, how are you after our break? Any warm weather training camps? Any niggling injuries left from uh, from the year before? I definitely need some sort of pre-season training to work off those selection boxes and those boxes of heroes that um that multiplied in the weeks before Christmas, but then disappeared as the festive period went on. Um, but we all know at home here where they win. So now we had a great time. Uh, lo- lovely Christmas, lovely New Year's, but it's back into the reality of it now, back into looking forward to a huge year, Dylan. There's so much to look forward to this year. Like I'm just thinking off the top of my head here, the Olympics in the summer, like that's going to be mega. That's going to be incredible, incredible. But before that, we have a, we have a busy few weeks ahead. Absolutely. And we're, um, if, if last year's anything to go by, this year should be a stormer as well. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you in association with our friends at Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, where your bank really does matter. Choose Credit Union, choose local, choose community. Now, on this week's podcast, we'll be joined by Kilnamartra selector Gerard O'Healaha ahead of the biggest game in his club's history as they get ready for an All-Ireland Intermediate Football Final on Sunday. That's coming up later. But, Kieran, first, we're going to look back at what, in the end, was a heartbreaking defeat for Castlehaven in the All-Ireland Senior Football Semi-Final against St. Bridget's last weekend. The game finished 1-11 to 10 points in the Roscommon side's favour and you were up in Thurlis to see the game. What did you make of it? James uh, Haven just left himself with so much work to do after a poor start. Um, St. Bridget's twice led by six points in the first half and they were really good value for that, and I thought Bridget's were really good in that first half. They were, their foot forward line of Bino Carroll, Brian Derwin, and Bobby Nugent. It was just, it was actually brilliant to watch. Just their, the speed, how lively they were, the link up play, and they were clinical, they were rootless. I'd say, I didn't think they, did they have avoided in the first half? I'm not sure, but some of their scores were just, just superb. And the Haven, to be honest, the Haven struggled with them. The Haven struggled to kind of, to live with Bridgets. And at one stage of the first half, we're like, oh God, this, it, it looked like it could be a bit one sided, um, especially after that first quarter. And after Brian Derwin got the goal, they tagged on a point in as well. And that stretched the lead out to six points for the first time. And they're like, okay, Haven are in a bit of trouble here. But we know this was res- this Haven team was a resilient bunch and they kind of settled to their task. And they did point by point by point. They just clawed their way back into the game. But they never really recovered from, from that poor start. They just gave themselves too much to do. Like I'm writing in a in Thursday Star. In a hundred meter sprint, you don't give a team a ten meter head start, you know, and that's exactly what what Castlehaven did, and they came so so close to reeling them, reeling them in, 
Um, thinking of the second half when Rory Maguire had a great chance of a goal. He was through one-on-one. He opted for power, rattled the crossbar. And I was at a stage when Haven were two points down. If he got that Haven were ahead, and all of a yeah. sudden they had momentum and the game, the game changes. Even go back to the very start, one of the first attacks in the game. I think it was Michael Hurley who could have been fouled and Brian had to free um, from the right inside with his right foot, but sent it across the post and wide. But if Brian nailed that, and usually he, you'd say he would, like it was an uncharacteristic wide for Brian. Suddenly, Haven were winning in the game. They were leaving a point to no, to, to no score. And that almost, that could have settled them. So um, I think I think it's a one where Haven will look back with regrets and there's definitely what if moments in there. Yeah, just looking at it, like they had, um, like I said, their Bridget's only had one wide at halftime, so so they were clinical in that in that first half. But do you think, like we've we've followed Haven since um the start of the the campaign, and we saw throughout the county championship and in, into Munster that they always found a way to edge tight games. And do you think maybe it's a case just of that little bit of luck that they needed to get that far caught up with them, it, rather than the game going disastrously wrong or anything like that? You've obviously seen my piece in Thursday Southern Star, my colour piece, because it's 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 called the day Haven's look ran out, because that's exactly what I'm always I'm always touching on. Like, um, I suppose to start off, but there's no one getting away. The, the Bridgets were the better team on the day, and St. Bridget's deserved to win. So this is not a case of kind of Haven are sore so lose, so losers, and oh, we should have won this game because they they realise and they do realise that they just weren't good enough on the day. And I was chatting to Mark Collins on the field up in Turles afterwards and he was saying that was the most disappointing thing that they didn't play as well as they could and I think that's what kind of will will know at them for the for the next while that they didn't play near their, their potential yet they were that close to getting to a first All Ireland club football final. In the end they lost by four points with five minutes to go they were only one point down but then they had to chase the game and Bridget's rediscovered their score touch again and tagged on a couple of late scores including Ben O'Carroll tapped over a penalty almost one of the last kicks of the game. That was the insurance score that sent Bridget's through to the final. But you're right, I think um, Haven's look did run out. When we think back to the Munster final against Dingle, that was a game that they never led in, yet they still won't be crowned Munster champions. Dingle could and should have won that game a couple of times. Three points up in the second half of normal time, three points up at the start of the second half of extra time. Yet Haven clawed their way back in and they always found a way to stay in the game and um, keep themselves alive. In fairness, Castlehaven did something similar on Sunday up in Turles. They found a way to stay in the game. When things looked a small bit bleak for them on in, in the first half, they didn't panic. Like this, like I said, it's a resilient group. There's fierce character there. They know what, what they have to do to win games. If you look back at their journey, it took them nine championship games to get to Sunday's All-Ireland Final. They beat the Bars and they beat Nemo back to back to win a county title. Like that, that's some going. Um, they took out Dingle, the Kerry Senior Club champions in the in the Munster final. They, they, that's a scalp to get. They they came true against Cratlow after extra time in the Munster quarter final. They beat a good Ben College team in the Cork quarter final. So what I'm trying to get at is this is a this is a good Haven team and this is a Haven team that beat a lot of good teams to to get to to to, to where they are, but. The heights they, they hit maybe earlier in the year, they just didn't reproduce it on, on Sunday. And, and there's a couple of reasons for that. First off, Bridget's are really good. Really, really good. Really impressed with them. Okay, they def, definitely had a wobble in, in the second half. But when they were given time and room to play, Jesus, they're just a good team to watch. And um, was on to uh, Phil and Ross Common in the lead up to the game, trying to find out a small bit about them. And he said, if it's a 
if it's a dry day, he goes, they're lively, good, fast. And that all rang true in, in that first half. Mm-hmm. So really impressed with them. Um, Haven left chances after them. I think their shot conversion rate was only 41%. And that's not good enough. And James McCarthy, the manager, said as much after the game. That they'd be unhappy with their with their conversion rate. They left a lot of scores after them. Um, mentioned Rory Maguire's chance of the goal. Jack Cahillan kind of hit a shot that kissed the crossbar in the, in, in the first half. A diff, okay, a, diff, a, a more difficult chance than, than Rory Maguire's, but a chance nonetheless. Um, they went Haven weren't playing as, as well as they could. They definitely stood off budgets far too much in, in the first half. When they pushed up in the more in the second half and uh, and contested the budgets kick out, they definitely got a bit of joy there. But then there's the unknown factors that we that we didn't know about Dylan. There were so many different Haven fellas carried knocks and niggles. Okay, again, it's not an excuse. This is the reality of of, of football. Um, and that's why Havens look ran out in one sense because they had such a good run up to the Munster final. But it's almost that game is they started to take on water since then. The Haven ship started to take on a, on a bit of water. Michael Hurley would offer a hamstring injury against Dingle, didn't train since, and he wasn't he wasn't match sharp on on Sunday. Connor Cahillan suffered a tie injury at training in the, in the last week or so. And if you if you looked at him the last day, I think it was on his right side. He, he couldn't he couldn't solder the ball. He they eventually took him off at the end, and um, heard someone say that he shouldn't even have played the game. If you look at Damon Cahillan, one of his calves was strapped as well. He was wearing a compression sleeve. He'd injured a, a calf muscle in training. Jack O'Neill, who's um one of Haven's unsung heroes, started all the knockout games in Cork and started all the games in in Munster. Um, he picked up a foot injury in a challenge game against UCC in the lead up to the game and he didn't even figure. So all of a sudden Haven were without important players and then some of their 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 main players just weren't weren't fully fit, you could say they, they, they weren't able to exert the influence that they had in previous games. So all these combined saw Haven produce not the performance that they wanted, ended up paying the results because at this stage of, of the championship Dylan the best team survive and Bridget's definitely made Haven pay for being un- under par. You mentioned the injuries and and I guess tiredness as well, like after a, a very busy season. Um, do you think that will, in a sense, kind of add to the frustration at the loss? Like that, you mentioned like a couple of uh, players maybe not being fully fit or not being at their their complete best for the, the semi-final and is there a kind of a little bit of a sense of, of what could have been, you know, if Michael Hurley hadn't had been able to train beforehand or if Damien Cahillan hadn't been injured, gotten that injury and, and things like that? Yeah, and if Roy Maguire scored that goal or if Jack Cahillan shot went in, there's definitely a lot of what-if moments off this. Um, James McCarthy was, when I was chatting to him after, he, he was saying um, that they'll put this behind them and they'll kind of celebrate their their county Munster wins, which they should because Castlehaven have had a fantastic season, first county title in 10 years, first Munster title since 97. Like, you can't take that away from this group. But look at how much it took to get Castlehaven back to this stage again, the first All-Ireland semi-final since 1998. These don't happen too often. Like, it's almost as once in a career chance for a footballer to get to an All-Ireland club final so for Castlehaven to come away with it, knowing that they weren't at their best and there were a couple of factors that militated, militated against them, of course, that, that will bother them because they'll know they were close. They lost by four points. And like I said, Bridges tagged on three right at the end. But Haven, no, they're every bit as good as St. Bridget's. 
but he just didn't perform on the day. And it's whatever it is, Castlehaven cannot get past um, the All Ireland semi final. That's their fourth time being in the semi final and their fourth time uh, losing. And the last three defeats, Kilmacud in 95, Aaron's Island in 98, and now the St. Bridget's in 24 have all come into a uh, simple stadium. Like, so if Haven ever get to this stage again, they'd be saying, Jesus, please, God, do not put us in, in, in yeah. Turles, put us, put us anywhere else. Because if you go back to 98 as well, that contentious semi final against Aaron's Isle, uh, Colin Crowley hit the upright. Um, there was a chance, a, a chance that they missed. And then the Aaron's Isle contentious goal, it kind of hit one, hit one post across the goal and hit the other, and it came out. And it's the uprights, it's it's the woodwork in Tordis. It's like it's there's some little curse in it that had doesn't want Haven to progress. But um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be disappointing this week. It'll be really disappointing. Of course, they'll celebrate the fact that they are Munster champions. They are, they are county champions. But they'll also know they were one win away from an Ireland club final, and it's like it's it's that close. You can almost almost touch it. But now they're back to square one again. Yeah, and speaking of, of kind of back to square one, obviously, look, it's a, a bit early to start talking about next season, but you mentioned earlier that these kind of games, like an All-Ireland semi-final last time was 1998, it is kind of a once-in-a-career opportunity. How will a lot of these players be thinking going into next season? And you could you could see the idea of having to do it all again being a tough a uh, tough kind of hill to, to get over. More sorts of for, for the older fellas, you think the likes yeah. of Mark Collins, who's 33, Brian Hurley's turning 32 in April, Damon Callan's in his early 30s, like these are lads who've, they were there in 2012 and 2013 when Haven won their back-to-back counties just um, over a decade ago. Like, they know themselves, like this was such a, a great opportunity, a big opportunity to get to that All Ireland Club final. Of course, they dust themselves down and they'll go again. But like I said, you're you're back to square one. It took Castlehaven so much, so much to get to where where they are now. Like I went through earlier, some of the teams that 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 they beat and everything had to fall into into place in terms of, um, and they're right about it in in Thursday's Southern Star. Um, they won one game on a sudden death penalty shootout. They won another game after extra time. They um they won a couple of games by they won three games by just two points they won one game by three points one game by four points like these are fine margins and Haven were on the right side of all those fine margins right up until the All Ireland semi final when their look ran out and Lady Look decided let's you had your look in the Munster final that's it and next thing all of a sudden they Haven ran out of credit and they were just we saw what happened so it's it's back to square one so. I think for the younger fellas in, in the panel, um, this run would have been a huge benefit to them, the experience that they got. It's the young fellas who were in their first, second or third championship season to be part of a team that won a county and won a Munster. That will give them mm. great credit. So there's that experience that they can bank there for the older fellas just to kind of to go again. Of course they will, you know, kind of they're, they know themselves that that they're that they're good enough to get to this level and they'll take confidence off their off off their run too. Um it's just, I suppose, what we'll have to see now what happens in terms of management. Will James McCarthy stay on? Or will he decide, okay, it's time to hand over the reins to someone else? He's been in charge for four years now. And even a few pieces we did towards the tail end of, of, of this campaign, they were talking about that this success was the culmination of a four-year journey that started back in 2020. So I think James McCarthy will have to 
have have a chat and see does he have the appetite energy to go again for a fifth season or will he hand over to just to to um to to someone else and um, and then you look at the draw for the county championship was made just before Christmas and it's another almost group of dates where Haven are back in with Carberry Rangers and they're back in with Clannacilty um Clannacilty again so yeah and those those fixtures are actually fixed already for for later in the year so um. Like the, the wheel just doesn't stop turning. Um, the Haven players who want to break now for small, but they've been going a long time. Um, but it is, it's it's a big ask to get back to where they want to be. But then again, Dylan, that's what the, the super clubs do. If we're looking at the other side of the draw, the Kilmacuds and, and, and the Glens, they're yeah. at the center of the championship year after year after year. And I think Haven would love to kind of to elevate themselves to become a, a, a club like that. But um, that just takes a lot of hard work. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to digest. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess maybe to end on a bit more of a of a positive, in 10 years, 20 years, when, when people are looking back on this season, where will they rank it? Not just in terms of like great Castlehaven seasons, but great West Cork seasons. Oh, yeah, this is, in fairness to Castlehaven, okay, Things didn't fall their way on on Sunday, and and they'll they'll be disappointed. But like I said earlier, brilliant campaign, a sensational campaign to to win another county title, to to win to win a Munster title. They've not won four Munster titles. Like they're the most successful West Cork club ever when it comes to winning Munster senior club titles, and they now have six county senior titles as well. So like it's been an in- incredible season, and they're also crowned Munster GA Club of the Year at the Munster GA Award. So. This was a superb campaign for Castle for Castlehaven. Okay, it didn't get them to Croke Park in in All Ireland final day, but only one club in the country will win the Andy Merrigan Cup, um, every year, and it's either going to be St Bridget's or or Glen on on Sunday week. But Castlehaven got to the last four in Ireland. Like that's an incredible achievement. So nobody can take that away from them. And like I said earlier, the younger fellas will feel the benefit of this. The confidence they'll get. An experience that they'll ha- have of not alone playing the best in Cork, but playing the best in Munster, and then playing the Connacht champions. So, um, this will stand out as a as a one of Castlehaven's best ever campaigns. And have to say too, like a huge Castlehaven crowd in Turles on on Sunday. Um, when Castlehaven needed their fans, they were they were definitely there, like kind of cheering them on. It was the same up in in um in the Gaelic grounds in Turles for for the Munster final. I can't say there was many people left back in Castle Towns in the Union Hall on Sunday. Everyone seemed to be up in up in Turles. And again, I think that that's great for the players. You could see even on the, on the pitch after so many Castlehaven fans were there kind of consoling with the players going up to them. Um, it's such a tight-knit football med community that they really are all in all in this together. So the community will hurt along with the players, but they'll all heal together and they'll all get get, get back and get back on the horse again. But in terms of where this ranks, right up there because it's a, it was a super year for West Cork GA and it was Castlehaven that led the charge. Not only did the men's team lead the charge, they won a Rebel Oak under seventeen Division One Championship title as well, and the women's team won a Senior B County Football title in their first year up senior. So, a really good harvest for for Castlehaven from their twenty twenty three season, and um, they're they're down at the moment, but they're you never write Castlehaven out. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a very quick break now, but we'll be back in a moment to chat about Kilimanjaro's All-Ireland Intermediate Football Final that's coming up on Sunday. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union. 
funding dreams for over 50 years. Now, Kilimanjaro are preparing for the biggest game of the club's history as they count down to Sunday's All-Ireland Intermediate Football Final against Cullihanna of Armagh. Star reporter Sean Holland has been covering the build-up to the game for us and joins the podcast now. Sean, we'll hear your chat with Garoud O'Hilahe soon, but can you to start, can you give us a bit of a context as to the enormity of the game for this club? Yeah, so Dylan, it's actually, it's just, it's going to be um, Kilimanjaro's biggest ever day. You know, they're a very small um, rural parish in Mid-Cork. Uh, they love their Irish down there. They love their Gaelic football down there. So um, in terms of the biggest days to be playing an All-Ireland final in Crow Park, um, there's none bigger for Kilimanjaro. They, they've been on a fantastic journey. They've... Um, They've known what it's like to lose. They've had an awful time the last couple of years trying to get past the semi-final stage. They eventually got past that this year. They got into the county final. And they came back from the depths of hell, as, as you could say it, um, with the points and added time to beat Bantry. But um, their monster journey has been fantastic. They had the um, unique chance to host two monster championship games, the quarterfinal and the semi-final and then played the final in Mallow, beating Munger at St. Paul's. So that brought them to their All-Ireland semi-final, which was actually Kilimanjaro's first ever championship game outside of the Cork County Bones. And they made, uh, well, they made hard work for it in the end, but they, it was a fantastic win. Um, they won by a point um, over St. Kevin's Castle Ray. And um, it was kind of nearly a small bit of a full circle moment for John Evans, who had previously managed Ross Common that, the only player involved with St. Kevin's Castle Ray that he would have had any connection with in his time, Ross Common, uh, Darren McDermott, actually missed the last kick of the game to equalise um, and allowed Kilimarch to go through to the final. But um, they roll on now for Sunday and uh, excitement's reached fever pitch down below there. Um, I had the chance to speak with both John and um, Garodo Helaha, uh, Jared Healy. Um, so... They explained really what it means to the people down there, and it means an awful lot. And um, I'm sure they'll be very excited now for the opportunity to win All-Ireland on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned um, the manager, John Evans, there. He's a man who comes with a lot of experience. Um, he's won as a manager in All-Ireland Senior uh, Football Final with Lawn Rangers in 1996. He's managed at Intercounty. And I guess the... The job of a manager is to um, help players fulfill their potential and help a group like exceed expectations. And that's exactly what he's doing with Kilimanjaro. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Um, he was brought in really to get them over that semi-final hurdle. And um, that's what he's done. And ever since then, it's been game by game and they've been just tipping away. Like John, John is pretty much as old school as you get. Like he'll tell you straight, what you need to know and and you know he's he puts in an awful lot of work as well um Jared Healy was actually telling me the amount of effort John put in is just crazy in terms of he he's a big advocate for um using the video analysis to find out about players so he'd um he'd even go into detail in terms of where players like to shoot from you know how far their range is if they're left footed right footed he he's put in a lot of effort down through the years and and still does and um 
he's using all his expertise to kill the marches benefit and hopefully they can benefit once more now on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Now we'll hear from Garod in just a moment. You were speaking to him for the podcast. Um, but I guess to to sum him up, there's probably no man who deserves a day out in, in Croke Park as much as Garrod does. He does so much work for the club and the parish from under eights up to the, the senior team and as we'll hear, sweeping roads for weddings as well. Um, he's a, a great a great club man, isn't he? Oh, fantastic. He lives and breathes Kildare Um, Obviously inv- involved in the school teaching as well down through the years, involved in the GA. Um. He's probably one of the, the biggest characters in, in the parish. And um, even you could just see last week when you're watching the match at TG Cahar, he's on the selecting line and you're going to people coming up to him and shaking his hand. Um, you know, it, it, like Jared is, is Kilnamartra and um, he deserves his big day out, as does everyone in the parish. But um, we spoke to him and, and he's, um, he's looking forward to it. Um, he spoke about how... Many a time he's gone up to Crow Park, you know, they had Noel O'Leary back then, you know, and they'd, they'd be there following, you know, watching him with his battles with Paul Galvin. And, but it's it's a fantastic opportunity now, and he spoke about it, how they get to go up and watch their own team to see the white and blue in Crow Park, and um, he's very excited for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Now, fittingly for uh, an area that loves speaking Oscar here, the game is on TG Cahar. That is on at half past three on Sunday. Let's hear from Garod O'Hila. Right now, I'm delighted to be joined by Kilnamartra selector Garod O'Hila, or Jared Healy. Jared, how are things? Extremely good, Sean. Thank you very much for having us on. No problem at all. So, Jared, uh, I'd like to kind of get the story behind Kilnamartra getting to the All-Ireland final this year, and maybe if you would kind of almost bring us along uh, on your journey this year, and... um, kind of give us an understanding of how a parish so small got to a stage so big? Yeah, Well, Sean, I suppose we started off at the beginning of the year with a few injuries in a smaller panel. And while we were contesting Division 1 against all the bigger guns, um, we managed to finish mid-table and well above the relegation area. So we held our ground there. And uh, thankfully, uh, towards the summer, then before the group stages started off, our, uh, our, our injuries cleared up. And our first out was against Ahada. Now, we played reasonably well against a good Ahada team. We won that game 11 points to nine. I'd say a, a tightish enough game. Uh, either side could have won it. Um, we had a draw then against Kilchani. We're missing one player against Kilchani, but I'm sure Kilchani were probably missing one as well. So that would even that out. So that was a draw against uh, um, the, the winners of last year's Intermediate Championship. Then we overcame the Piercing reasonably comfortably enough, uh, having conceded two early goals. Um, so that left us then, Sean, uh, in second place in the group behind Kilchanik, um, which meant that we played, uh, we, we, we were due to play our next door neighbours, then Eve Lera, in the quarter final. So that game was arranged for McCroom and uh, in front of a huge crowd under big pressure. And we were, I'd say we were maybe with, with, with 40 minutes left in the game, with uh, 20 minutes left in the game, we were, def- I think we were still a point ahead. Uh, we were behind definitely by. Uh, five or six points, but something clicked with us that night. We were able to introduce two of our injured fellas, uh, Anthony Coney and Ty Corkery, around that time, and we seemed to click, and uh, we won the game by more five points, maybe, in the end. So we were delighted with that. I think that gave us huge momentum going forward, that turnabout, uh, which meant then that we uh, progressed to play uh, Castletown Bear in Bantry, which we did, and... Um, 
another tightish game. Any side could have won that too. Um, I thought Castle Bear has set up very well. We were very um, uh, we found it hard to penetrate them, but um, got a reasonably good goal that that set us on our way. So we overcame that, which meant that we ended up in the final versus Bantry. Now the blight going into that game was that our 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 Kirk, um, player Tygo Kirkra, um, managed to get himself a red on the say on the in the semi final. So we had to head into the the county final versus Bantry, which is where we wanted to be for a number of years. Now we won the premier the the our intermediate game, the intermediate championship in 2018 with our uh, very successful. Uh, Kevin O'Sullivan, Pat Hughes, and Donald Newland management, and but after that we wanted, we really wanted, or we felt we were able, and it was within our within our within our our ability range, I will say, to uh, win the Premier Intermediate uh, Championship. So we were delighted to reach that final. And with the new management this year of John Evans, Donald O'Buckle, and myself, uh, we were delighted to reach that, and uh, uh, took Bantry on in the in the in that uh, final in Cork without, as I said, Tyke, uh, having played extremely well. Then for about forty minutes, uh, Bantry roared back into it and took the lead. Uh, but we managed through the excellent sharp shooting of uh, of super sub Shane O'Donnell, who scored the last three points of the game to bring us from two behind to one in front uh, in four minutes into injury time. So we were actually thrilled with that. The look of the draw then helped us as well, Sean, in the sense that in the Munster Championship, which we'd never been in before or never qualified for before, it meant that there was a home draw for the Cork winners. So uh, the draw uh, meant that Kilmehill from County Clare uh, made the long journey to Kilimartra. And uh, so having them at home was a great uh, was a great uh, advantage. Um, nice team as well, a, a, a well-prepared team. Suffered from a bit of a break, as they say. So we managed to win that game, I suppose, comfortably enough in the finish. Um, um, but I'd say Kilmehill were probably unfortunate to have been uh, have, have been finished in the Clare Championship for a bit longer than what they'd have liked, I'd say, when, before they met us. And it was very, I remember talking to them at the time, it was very difficult to get challenges. So I think that run helped us as well, Sean, you know, the games coming on fortnight by fortnight by fortnight. Um, that win then ensured that the draw yet again favoured the Cork team, uh, which meant that the Kerry champions, uh, Milton Castlemaine, had to come to Kilnamartra as well. So, um, uh, we were delighted to uh, with that occasion because the, we had a huge crowd of I'd say every person that was ever born and still alive from Kilimanjaro was there on that day coming from Dublin, Belfast, Cork, everywhere, and uh, even one family from America came home for that game. They were so excited, and um, managed uh, after a rocky start to the second half, managed to 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 survive by three points. That um, gave us huge momentum. I think that. You know, it brought its own pressures as well, I presume, I suppose, because um in the, the history of this competition has meant that the Cork, the Kerry winners really, the, the, the Kerry champions have gone on to win Munster and reach the All Ireland in in, in 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 I'd say every year since um the regrading of the, the, the renaming and the regrading of the Cork system, we'll say the last Cork team to to win Munster was um, Clyde, I'd say, in 2013. And before that, in the All-Ireland final, it would have been Carberry Rangers uh, going away back to 2003, I'd say. 
uh, I may, or maybe four, maybe 2004. But anyway, we came across a, a fine young Mungrit team from Limerick who um, will have a year. They will be an ex. They are an excellent team and, and and deserving champions from from Limerick. But I suppose they'd have a they had quite a young team and that experience will do them a lot of good and they're a growing team and a growing club. So we were delighted to win our Munster title and coming home that evening it was fantastic because our aim was to win the county as they say and our hope was to win the county to have a monster under our belt then it, it felt unreal really and uh, John Evans and Donald Buckley and all, and all the other guys and all the officers Sheila and Niall the whole Sean the whole uh, club uh, was just euphoric really with that so uh, two players then uh, one former player re very recent former player and another current player Sean Keller and Danny O'Connell had weddings over Christmas and of course the Christmas season came, uh, came as well so we found that uh, challenging to manage as well because weddings are big occasions for 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 players and for people and uh, so you've got to give them a, cut them a bit of slack and uh, so we enjoyed those we enjoyed Christmas and uh, got back at it then on Stevens's day and uh, um, uh, tried to prepare for the Milton for the Castle Ray for the the Connacht Champions. Um, uh, which uh, which was um, uh, the venue the uh, Port Leash was the venue chosen for that. So um, um, I suppose we were a little I suppose hopeful going into that. We were we 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 knew we felt we were good enough, but maybe our preparations might have suffered a little bit. Um, so uh, we were um, cautious going into it, but uh, after a stout battle now with uh, with with uh, with Castlereagh, uh, a, a very good team. We were extremely fortunate uh, to get um, a, a goal in the first half, which led really to a second goal. We just benefited from a small bit of pressure, maybe um, um, that 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 came on the the Castlereagh backs at that particular time. So those two goals in the middle of the second half set us up for a grandstand finish where we really were under the cosh from the Castlereagh team for the last uh, 10 minutes, I would say, and maybe more. And thanks to our goalie as well, Patrick O'Cridan, who brought off uh, two um, um, good saves. Uh, we live to survive anyway. And all roads lead now, Sean, to Croke Park next Sunday. Somebody put up a sign up on the village already. The village is really bedecked in, in, in white and blue. Uh, 312 kilometres exactly from the gate of the pitch to the gate of Croke Park. So that's the journey for, uh, for Sunday. And uh, the whole community really are looking forward to it. And all our neighbours here, I must say, our neighbouring clubs um, and uh, have, have been fabulous uh, with their good wishes and, 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 and support. And I must thank McCroom especially as well for um, providing us or allowing us to use their lights as well. Uh, for uh, a few nights there, we were preparing. We, we, we actually had the practice of going to McCroom under their excellent lights on the Tuesday before each big match. And so they were gracious and very facilitating of us and, and uh, uh, fabulous to us. So we'd like to thank them for that as well. So that was our that was our prep. And uh, and it worked so far. So hopefully now we have one big game to go, uh, 312 kilometers away, whatever it is. And hopefully that might work out for us too. We've had we've studied them. The, and uh, John has put a huge amount of work into his analysis and stuff. And as as I'm sure St. Patrick's um, Collihanna have done as well. Because you know with the modern system now and the and all the games being streamed, sure, um, it's a it's a great source of um of 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 knowledge, as they say. But that works both ways, as they say. So look, we're hopeful. We're preparing away. We're injury free. We're hopeful. Uh, we're up against a good team, of course. Um, uh, we're the winners of Ulster and the other semi finals. So look, um, whatever happens, we'll have a great time anyway. But it is game. We can't tonight. It is a big game. There's no doubt. 
Yeah, no, in, in fairness, um, it's been a great year for you and even things like that, preparation, everything, it's been brilliant. Um, I remember speaking to John, he was saying, you know, with the fact that you had the recordings of the games, what, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, he was saying. And uh, he, he's, he's a fantastic man, you know, for sayings and in terms of his training methods and everything are brilliant. But um, it's a second year which he this year, but um, you must be delighted to have him on board. We're delighted to have a man of his experience on board. We were lucky to get him. And uh, it took a bit of persuading, as they say, and uh, alluding to the videos and the, th and, the, and, and the matches and stuff. John analysed our, our, our past matches, a number of them, before he decided to agree to come on board. He brings a wealth of experience and a wealth of knowledge at, and experience at inter-county level and at our Ireland level. And he's he's been a part of, 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 of management teams from his own club, um, Lawn Rangers, winning in, in 1996 to Tipperary, to Roscommon, to his uh, uh, huge experience and a wealth of it. And uh, ex with experience comes, you know, good practices and the amount of research John does behind the scenes. You know, a training session will last an hour and a half. He'll have an hour's journey to Kildare and an hour's journey home to Kilarglen. But his preparation certainly doesn't stop there. The amount of knowledge and analysis he brings to 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 the game and the, the analysis of ourselves and improvements that we need to do and analysis of, of errors that we're possibly making or errors that can be rectified um, in particular situations is huge. So John is a huge asset to us and uh, um, we're so happy to be where we are and we're so happy that John is part of that setup that brought us to where we are and we're very thankful to him and his wife Bridie too for putting up with us and for putting up with the long nights and the long journeys. The whole thing has gone on now since I think we started me possibly on the 16th of January um, 2023 and here we are now on the 14th of January uh, 2024 uh, playing at headquarters which is a huge thrill for us and a huge thrill for uh, for, for all the young supporters I was up in the schools in the, I visited the two schools now yesterday and uh, the excitement is palpable the youngsters are are, 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 are I, I'm jealous of them really because in the past we had nothing like that you know the the, the club would have struggled for many years at um at winning the junior B until eighty five, until nineteen eighty five, even, and uh, our junior A team then would have won its first mid carket Mosgrey Championship in two thousand and two, and then when we won one, we won two of them with another Kerryman. As it happens, a, a, a man called Derry Crowley from Glenfesk, who's Johnny Crowley's father, Johnny Crowley, played inter county with Kerry, but. Um, alluding to the schools and the children, the excitement is palpable. Older people are getting excited now too, and uh, and I've I've met uh, a few octogenarians there earlier on today. Who are have booked their train tickets, free travel to Croke Park? Sure, what's what yeah. could go wrong? <laughs> you got to do it, you got to do it. But he, even with John himself, like, um, I was speaking to him during the week and he was saying, you know, the big message that he's giving to the lads is don't change, you know, don't do anything different, keep the same fellas like you are. And it was gas he was on about, uh, don't change your hairstyle, he doesn't want to see mullets, he doesn't want to see. Highlights, so I, I don't know if you're planning on getting highlights yourself, Joe, for the big occasion. Uh, too late for that now, I'm afraid. Yeah, <laughs> you missed the booking. You you still have time. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, but uh, as you said, the community has all gotten together. So do you know, in terms of, is this? It probably is. It's it's Kilda March's biggest day on Sunday. Oh, ever, it's the biggest day ever, and it really the community was we're we're a tight knit community anyway, and greats of the team has always treated great support. But when this year, 
um, when Kilmichael, uh, when the Munster Championship came to town, as they say, um, the, the, the conditions were onerous enough, the number of stewards needed, the backroom in terms of, of providing food for various different officials and stewards and Munster stewards and all that. Um, the, it, it was the, the amount of volu volunteer workers we have um, that came together for that was fantastic. But when Castle Milton, Castle Main came to town, that was all doubled because of the crowd being bigger again. So we had, I think, everybody, every every able-bodied person in the parish was doing something on that day, either parking cars, providing food, um, making sure um, uh, walkways were clear, um, stewarding all over the place, making sure everything was safe. The 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 the, the camaraderie and the. The, the support was immense. Plus, and on top of that, then it, it finished off with a win. You see, that that really puts the icing on the cake when all that help comes together, when all that volunteer work comes to fruition, and then you get a win as well. It was really special, and that that special atmosphere has stayed. Uh, we have two um, areas in the parish, uh, Kilnamartra and Rainery, and uh, and uh, both um, communities have been absolutely fantastic, and uh, and uh, um, it is just unbelievable, really. To, to I, I suppose we have to paint ourselves in our time to say, but um, I hope John won't see this now. But it's fantastic to be um, to be there, and that I know we have a job to do there. But it's like it's 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 hard to, to not to be excited to be there too. Of course, of course, and you, as you said, uh, to be during the week as well uh, for the paper that you know you'll be going up so many times to see Cork. It's so unique now to go up and see your own above there. Uh, it is. And we have actually one statistic, I don't know, uh, maybe more, but one player has never been to Croke Park and his first trip to Croke Park will be as a player. Oh, go ahead. So that's something for the books, as they say. It is indeed. It is indeed. And yeah. uh, an another one then for you, uh, uh, Ger, um John Evans gave you a small bit of a shout out uh, today on, on a small podcast um, with Colin Parkinson. And he spoke about how he's a fella next to him on his side who'd do anything for the cause. And he spoke a small little story about you sweeping a road for a bride. Uh, <laughs> so if you could give us any kind of a, bit of a story behind that. Uh, not at all. John, is, he's exaggerating a bit there now. There were, there were, there, it, it happened all right, but uh, there's um, a and daughter of, of one of our great clubmen, Tomasa Morakou, who, who owns the, the, the old Morakou's uh, Tig Tarna that uh, Diarmuid Odinine is running now on a lease basis. Um, but his daughter was getting married, and the tradition in that house is to walk to the to the to the um, uh, to the church. So we definitely made sure the street was clean. We do it for everybody. It's a normal thing. We're we're often sweeping the streets. I'm afraid we'll have to go back and get John to do Kilargla now when he's finished with this. Jar, one last bit from you. Um, do you know to kind of give you a kind of a, lo a local connection? Um. You happen to be an uncle of a famous enough um, athlete, or two athletes, forgive me. Exactly, yeah. I'd, I'll be killed by that, I hope. You'll be killed. <laughs> <laughs> you can explain explain to us there the small connection. Uh, yes, uh, Phil and Joan. Uh, Joan is the elder girl, Phil. Uh, they, they, they're they're uh, well-known athletes now, uh, international, uh, local and international athletes. They're a fantastic family. They're my nieces. Uh, with, uh, along with their two, with their brothers, uh, Dermot and and Padraig. so they're a great family. They've been doing the family proud. Um, the amount of work uh, we have seen from our side now that uh, in terms of GA, the amount of organisation and work and training that goes in, and then we're looking forward to a break, as they say. They have no break, so they 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 really that the 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 level they're at is stunning. Anytime you call to the house, there's probably not there because of the work that has to be done. 
is unbelievable and nobody knows exactly the amount of work that both Joan and Phil have to do to, to achieve what they've achieved and to have the records that they've had and the travelling they've done and the places they've represented, not alone us, but Ireland as well. It's stunning and, you know, they're fabulous. Um, I'm afraid I couldn't run as fast as them any time, but I certainly can't now anyway. Oh, I'd be the same, do you know, would they be, uh, they'd be harping on here at home? Sure, your cousins with first two All-Ireland sprinters, do you know, you should be a bit faster than that, but... um, Correct. Un unfortunately. For your man, as they say. Yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> but I don't know, I don't know what's my problem, Jared. I probably, um, I know I didn't get the Healy speed anyway. I don't know if the Hurley speed might be a spot <laughs> store. <laughs> I don't think so. I think they're the Hurley, they have a history of, they have a history of runners as well. A, a, a great, great granduncle of mine, uh, um, of, of ours, won a, a, a race in Cork, in Cork City against the English champion. I think it was in 1890-something. And they were known as as the Rahis, which would be runners. Mm -hmm. So um, my grandmother was Lena Rahi and, and, and Jones and Phil's great-grandmother was, was Lena Rahi. But I was talking to the Hurleys on a number of occasions about it as well. They have runners in their background as well, so it's definitely a combination. Mm -hmm. No, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. The two of them are putting um, they're putting West Cork in the map, and they're helping giving us uh, giving us all you know days out to to watch them and everything. But um, exactly, that's brilliant. But um, that's uh pretty much it from me, uh, uh, Jared. So um, listen, I wish you all the best. I wish Kill the March all the best the next day out. Um, hopefully, hopefully you can uh, do it, get the job done because it would be a party, ten dollar parties if you do. Yeah, do well. We've had a fabulous year, and thank you very much, Sean. We've had a fabulous year. I hope it ends well for us now. But um, we we can still look back in a few months' time, whatever is the result, with 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 great pride and satisfaction at achieving so much. And I and the the bunch of players, I'd just like to refer to them very briefly, and I'd like to to, to thank them in advance of their for their efforts. Like it's a it's a tough schedule to 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 put the nights in that they've between gym and between training and between matches. It's a tough schedule for for amateur players, but the rewards are there, and they've really appreciated it. And uh, and we really appreciate their effort too. Super. Listen, all the best. Thanks a million, Jared. Thank you very much, Sean. Thank you. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran, the Southern Star is in shops now. So why should everyone go out and buy a copy. Because the Southern Star Sport is exceptional every week and you don't want to be the one to miss out. But um, no, we've a crack and sports section this week, so much on, even though it's it's only mid-January, the new year was only a couple of couple of days old. There's so much going on in West Cork sport and hopefully um, we'll start as we mean to go on with a, with a big year ahead. So Obviously, we have coverage of Castlehaven's last to St. Bridget's that we spoke about earlier. And we have a super preview of Kilimartra's All-Ireland Intermediate Club final um, interviews with Gerard Healy and John Evans and, and so on. But as well as that, there is so much more. Sean Holland is a super piece, Dylan, where um, it's getting to the business end of the NFL over in America. There's 14 teams left. So what Sean wanted to do was pair up the 14 NFL franchises with their Carberry counterparts. So he's found links between the Dallas Cowboys and, and Castlehaven or the Green Bay, Green Bay Packers and O'Donovan Ross. Um, it's, it, it's, a, it's a really quirky, really good piece. And 
it's almost worth getting the star to see the picture of Patrick Mahomes in a Carby Rangers jersey. You know, <laughs> these are th- things things you never thought you'd see in the Southern Star. And I think that's right up there. But that's a really good um, piece by by Sean Holland. And that's well worth checking out. And Sean is on, on form this week. He's a super interview too with Dunmanway Jack jockey Gavin Sheehan, who had an incredible December. He three huge grade one wins. So um, Sean cut up with Gavin just to chat about each and every one. So we have a full page interview on that. Also in, in the West Cork League, um, and just remember that the Southern Star is the only place where you can actually read about the, the West Cork League. It was a huge weekend last weekend um, as the Beamish Cup kicked off. And we have a uh, report and reaction from El Clanico, which is the, the Clannacilty Derby between Clannacilty Soccer Club and Clannacilty United. And we also have a full round up of the Beamish Cup. We also have news of the Cork Ladies Senior Football Panel for 2024. Shane Ronane has freshened up the panel and there's a couple of new West Cork players involved. So see this week's star for their names. And there's also news of uh, one of one of West Cork and Carberry's most decorated ever Camogie players, Orla Cronin. She's decided to step back from the Cork Camogie um, senior squad for 2024. So we have news of that. And also, by the time you are listening to this podcast, um, the the winners of, of two of the West Cork Sports Star Awards will have been announced on our social media channels. And the stories are on our website right now. So just want to say congratulations to Emma Hurley, who is the new West Cork um, Sports Star Party Palmer Youth Award winner, while Castlehaven GA Club have been named the West Cork Club of the Year. So congratulations to both. We can also announce that our guest speaker for the awards on January 27 is none other than Donal Linehan, the Munster rugby legend. We know him all as a as a commentator on on um on our TVs, but this man, what he doesn't know about rugby isn't worth knowing. And it's it's very apt to think that Donal Linehan will be the guest speaker given the strength and popularity of rugby in West Cork right now. But again, that's just a tip of the iceberg. We have so much more. We've Cork in, in the McGrath Cup. We've news of Conor Horan hitting double figures for goals and assists this year. I love the interview with Katie Kingston, um, who won a West Cork Youth Sports Star Award recently, and so much more. So it's in the shops and online now. So the advice, Dylan, is go and get yourself a copy. Yeah, packed as always. And as Kieran said, it's all in shops across West Cork right now and as always if you're further afield if you're not in West Cork for some strange reason or you can't make it to the shops you can subscribe to the Southern Star and get it on your laptop tablet or phone said to subscribe subscribe.southernstar.ie enter your details and you'll get an exact replica of the newspaper for less than two euro per week along with full access to our website as well as always Thanks for listening to the Star Sport podcast and thanks again to our sponsors at Access Credit Union we're looking forward to a great year in West Cork sport. So if you've enjoyed this, please remember to rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening.